This is session number four on Ephesians 6, 14 to 17. And finally, we're going to go one at a time. And today we focus on this act of girding our waists with truth. Stand therefore. And remember, we're standing because we have these demonic enemies against us, and we want to be found standing at the end of the battle. Stand therefore having girded or put on a belt of your waist with truth. So, Father, few things are more important than that your people be people of truth. And so I pray that the fullness or some measure of the fullness of Paul's intention here, which is your divine intention, may be granted to us and that we would become more fully, more deeply, more actively and effectively and fruitfully people of truth. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, how needed is this in our day when truth is uh, considered an insignificant or unattainable thing and people create their own reality. If I want to be this, I can be this. If I want to believe that, I believe that. And oh, how precious is truth. So let's see how Paul understands what Christians should do when they gird their waist with truth. What? And my way of answering this is to look at the rest of Ephesians and then the wider use in Paul and beyond to see what he wants us to do, remember, with our mind and our heart. When it comes to truth, you take a belt right here in your hand. We're talking about taking your mind and your heart and doing something with truth. What is it? Let's just walk through Ephesians and see. So here's chapter one In Christ, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you believed in him. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So I would say the first thing we do with truth is understand that at the heart of it is the gospel and the response is believe. So I think when you you hear this word, gird yourself with truth, your first response would be, everywhere I see truth, I believe it. I embrace it. This is who I am. This is my identity. I'm putting it on like a uniform. Second, going outside to Second Thessalonians, even though I've got more to say in Ephesians because the order matters to me here. You'll see that. The coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan. We'll come back to this because that's what we're responding to. Remember from 6.12, Satan and the powers of darkness are arrayed against us The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth. Oh my, oh, I can hardly imagine anything more important to press upon the church today than to ask the people of God, do you love the truth, especially the truth? Of the gospel, but all truth by implication. And do you turn away from all 
deception and everything that is false. So believe, then love. And if you keep reading, you get believe underlined. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth. Believe the truth. We love it and we believe it. The people of God love the truth and believe the truth. Now back to Ephesians chapter 4 this time. That is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So after we hear the gospel and we believe the truth and love the truth, to put on the belt of truth would mean be taught the truth. Be taught the truth. The truth is in Jesus. You were taught in him. So go on in your Christian life being taught. Seek out ways to be taught. So I'm arguing that be girded on your waist with truth would mean take opportunities to grow in the knowledge of the truth. Then we go to Ephesians 4.15. Rather, speaking the truth in love. Now we're talking about not just seeing it and hearing it outside ourselves and receiving it and believing it and loving it and being taught by it, but now we're speaking it. And yes, I think Paul has that in mind as well when he says, gird your waist with truth, meaning don't let anything else come out of your mouth. Nothing. Don't be a deceiver. Don't be a liar. Don't exaggerate. Don't speak half-truths. Don't be part of the demonic system of this world that says, hath God really said? Speak the truth. That would be included in how you gird yourself with a belt of truth. Or here it is in 425, again, having put away all falsehood. So put it away. This is not who you are. Let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. This means in your ordinary give and take with people, especially Christians, members of one another, what you do is tell the truth. Christians tell the truth. Chapter 4, verse 22. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So all the righteousness, all the holiness we are to embrace as our new self flows from the truth. We can never separate truth from practical holiness and practical righteousness and love. Now, what about the relationship between all of that and the devil? This is the paragraph just preceding the one we're focusing on where the armor is spelled out. Remember right in the middle here, 
is verse 12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness. They're not powers of light and truth, but darkness against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is the schemes of the devil. These are the minions, the spirits of the devil. Now, what do we know about the devil? Back to the text we looked at in Second Thessalonians, the coming of the lawless one at the end of the age, and every form of lawless one in between, is by the activity of Satan. And what marks him? All power and faults signs, deceptive signs, with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth. That's our enemy, a deceiver. We know it because Jesus said this, you are of your father the devil, he says to the enemies of Jesus, and your will is to do your father's desires, the devil's desires. What's that? He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and a father of lies. Could it be clearer why the first piece of armor, the first article of clothing, is the truth? The arch enemy has power over us by one means, deception. Does that make sense? Why would truth be the very first, why would truth be the very first thing he focuses on? And the answer is because our enemy is this kind of enemy. Revelation 12, 9, the great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who's called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. That's his identity. And therefore, when Paul begins to articulate how will we stand against a supernatural deceiver, he says, first thing to put on is truth. One last observation. You know that truth overlaps with gospel. That's what we saw in 113, right? The word of truth, the gospel, from 113. So when he says gospel here, the readiness of the gospel to be put on, to be shod like our feet, there's an overlap. This is truth. That's truth. Here, though, there is a difference in that we're talking readiness. We'll get there soon. It also overlaps not only with gospel, but with Word of God, right? The Word of God is true. And so when you take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, you're in a sense girding yourself with truth. Only here, too, there's a difference. The sword of the Spirit is not like a belt. This belt, as it were, holds everything together. Like your, your belt protects you from everything coming apart, I suppose. It's right there at your midsection, and you are dressed with it and complete in it, and the truth is right next to you in that essential first way. Here, it's a sword in your hand, and you're going after to kill something. This is the only weapon that you, is used for killing. 
And so the truth, the Word of God, is going to kill something. We're going to talk about what it is, especially our sin, but that's later. So the very first thing, and I would just underline the firstness of it, and I hope you can see why it is so paramount. And I'm pleading with you. If you're a believer, love the truth, believe the truth, be taught in the truth, wield the truth, be a person utterly marked by truth, be utterly reliable. 